0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield audio podcast. So I want to address a mood, a way of thinking that is infecting a lot of people these days. And if I'm repeating myself slightly, you'll just have to forgive me and let me tell you why. Our family has just had a new grandchild added to it, and that always makes you think about the future. It always makes you think about the world that this child and other children are coming into. And I hear a great deal. People often say to me a great deal because I comment on trends and current state of society and so on. They often say to me, what a horrible time to be alive. Or I wish I had been born at another time. Or what a terrible time to bring a child into the world. I have lots of people saying that kind of thing to me. And I want to tell you uh, that it's a way of thinking that is rooted in ignorance, rooted in fear, and maybe a little bit of cowardice, and frankly, just plain old misguided. Um, the, The reality is that this is not... A terrible, certainly not the worst of all times, to bring a child into the world. Let me list some uh, antidotes, some ways of thinking, some uh, information that people need who are tempted to think this way. And I realize that if you watch news as much as most people do today, and and pay attention to some of the negative trends, it's it's easy to become depressed. It's easy to become disillusioned. But to believe that a child coming into the world today, for example, when I'm recording this on the 12th of December, 2016, that 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 child is coming into the worst of all possible worlds, the worst world that's ever existed in history, uh, is simply untrue, misguided. And to believe that is to head for uh, real destruction, I think. Number one, Uh, Those who are tempted to think this way, those who are tempted to believe that this is the worst of all possible times, that it's a terrible time to be alive, that it's a terrible time to bring a child into the world, simply do not know history. Simply do not know history. Uh, Most of the history that comes before this time in our, our, let's say, our generation uh, was much worse to live in. We have, especially in America, a sort of mentality that there was a, a a grander time, an ideal time that we've lost, that there was a time when people lived in peace and harmony and and people left their doors unlocked and everybody cooperated in the village. And there certainly are pockets in the world, places, villages, towns, where that has happened. But for the most part, Uh, History has been far worse than it is today. Uh, It's very difficult to find a time when there was not massive suffering, massive disease, massive racism, massive violence. One of the little games I enjoy playing, especially with college students and people I speak to, is if they say this to me, I say, okay, tell me a time when you would like to have lived. Inevitably, they will name a time during which uh, maybe they've read a favorite novel and and it places them, let's say, in the 1890s or 1810 or uh, the Middle Ages, and they'll say, I'd like to have lived at that time. And so I give them a little bit of information. Oh, goodness, you've just named the century during which the Black Plague was decimating most of Europe. You've just given me a time during which it would have been been horrible to be a woman, for example, during which the average lifespan was 30 years. I could go go on and on. My point is not to rebuke them. My point is to cause them to realize that to say, gosh, I don't want to live in 2016. I want to live in 1415 is a little bit crazy. Uh, one person said 1370, goodness, that's a, that was a bit, would have been a miserable time to be alive almost anywhere in the world. And so the point is that normally when people say this, they don't know history. They don't know the progress that man has made. They don't know that, uh, that almost any other time, particularly if I'm speaking to some of my African-American friends, especially if I'm speaking to some of my Asian or Hispanic friends, um, especially if I'm speaking to women. Earlier periods in history would have been absolutely miserable, and even for uh, Anglo males, only if you were part of the ruling class would would earlier periods in history have been have been glorious times. So let's be cautious. Let's not let's let the, as C.S. Lewis said, the fresh sea breeze of the ages come into our thinking, and let's realize that uh, history teaches us that we are not living at the worst. Of times. We certainly are not. Also, I've said this before, I've made this point many times, but number two, we should all realize that we are getting far too much news. We are hearing everything that goes wrong. We are hearing every tweet from Donald Trump. We are hearing uh, everything that happens. I I think I've shared before on a podcast that I was relaxing at my home on a Saturday afternoon uh, when suddenly I got literally an alert from a news source that a man had fallen off a bridge in Australia. Well, uh, later in the day, I got the, the information uh, that the man had survived and had dinner with his family that evening. Now, of course, not at any other time in history, I would not even have known this. And why did I need to know that a man had fallen off a bridge, landed in water, been retrieved, and uh, returned to his family in time for dinner on the other side of the world? Um, I think I'm not claiming any great, you know, humanitarian credit, but I think I even spent time praying for this man. And then later thought to myself, goodness, I, I, I didn't even need to know this. We are all hearing far too much news. There's far too much sensationalism about what's going on. I've sat with young students who are in tears about the great floating garbage Island that is out in the Pacific because of the tsunami that occurred some years ago. Yes, it's there. They Going to clean it up. No, it is not going to swallow California. Do you understand that we wouldn't even know about it in another age? We wouldn't even know about it were it not for the sensationalism. So, am I arguing for ignorance? No. But I am arguing for us just to filter a little bit, just to realize that an outbreak of a disease and a part of the world that we can hardly find on a map is not something that needs to rob us um, of, first of all, focusing on more nearby ma- battles. And second of all, uh, cause us to be completely disillusioned about the times in which we live. Uh, number three, and this is going to hit hard, but it's something that some of us need to hear now as we're uh, heading into the last few weeks of 2016. And by the way, I'll I'll be turning my podcast a little bit more uh, motivational, inspirational here in the last few weeks of this year, just because I want you to end on a positive note. But the third point I want to make after the fact that we don't know history, and that's why we claim that this is a horrible time, the worst of times to be alive. And number two, that we're all getting far too much news uh, that has a tremendous impact on us. But the third is we really have become in our modern world a bit too fragile. We have allowed ourselves to be, to be impacted by the lightest of news, this is not just the millennials whom everybody likes to pick on. I actually love the millennials and think they've got a great deal to offer. But this is everybody from the boomers on. We can exempt the World War II generation and prior, but pretty much from the boomers on. I mean, if Starbucks raises the cup of coffee ten cents, people are predicting the end of the world. It's unbelievable. If it's cold, if there's heavy traffic, um, if if somebody's album didn't get an Oscar or get a, get a Grammy. Um, it, it, we just have allowed ourselves to be too fragile. We are extremely comfortable. We are extremely well off. Uh, we are living the lives of kings compared to other generations. And we simply are um, allowing ourselves uh, to be far, have, have too much of our sense of well-being robbed uh, if, by the slightest of news or by anything that comes against us. Listen, if you, I live in two different cities. Let me take one of them as an example. If you live in Nashville, Tennessee, no matter your skin color, no matter your socioeconomic level, you are in better shape than about 97% of the people who have ever lived. You probably, uh, do not have to worry about the police kicking in your door. You probably have multiple televisions. You have air conditioning. You live in a home that is secure. Your kids are guaranteed education. Uh, you probably have a job, but if you don't, there's a, social, there's a welfare system that makes sure that you don't starve to death. You've got medical care that's beyond anything that anybody in history has ever had. You probably carry a, a cell phone that would have had to fill a room with the technology to do the same thing 50 years ago. Um, You just have an amazing life. You have opportunity to go to college most likely or at least to finish high school and get an education. You have public libraries available to you. Entertainment is relatively inexpensive. Uh, You are living a life at about the level of uh, uh, beyond 97% of the people who have ever lived in the world. And I don't want to, that's not not in any way to put down the fact that there are challenges and difficulties and and racial tensions and what have you, but the fact is a a black 16-year-old living in Nashville, Tennessee, a Hispanic 50-year-old living in Nashville, Tennessee, um, a female female. Uh, Jewish woman uh, from, let's say, Romania living in Nashville, Tennessee, is almost in the best shape uh better shape than as I've said, ninety-seven to ninety percent, ninety-eight percent of anyone who's ever lived. Much less of their specific skin color or ethnicity. It's it's pretty stunning what the stats are. We are living the lives of kings. Are there troubles? Yes, but let's remember to be grateful. Uh, a fourth thing I want to mention briefly is that we are uh, allowing fear and worry to become a global epidemic. Our news, uh, the fear mongering. Uh, we have allowed it to become a global epidemic. Donald Trump was not my choice as president. He, uh, he was not uh, someone, any of us, we wouldn't have gone into a laboratory to devise the perfect presidential candidate and come out with Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or anybody who ran. And I need to say quickly, Hillary Clinton wasn't my candidate either. I think you know that I'm, I lean conservative. Still, the end of the world is not coming because he's going to the White House. The end of the world is not happening because of some, of glo- some global trends. Uh, do we have some things to deal with in terms of global? warming? Yes. Does that mean humanity is about to be wiped out? No. Uh, We will deal with problems. We will meet them. My point is not that we're living in the perfect world. My point is that fear and worry are allowing us to be robbed of the joy and the industry of living today because we're worried about things that, quite frankly, will never affect us. And that doesn't mean we're passing them on to future generations, but it does mean that we are missing Uh, the opportunities of today while we worry about things that are not even going to be a factor in our lives. And thank God for compassion. Thank God for concern about the state of the world. But no one is made to be able to bear the burdens of the entire world every people group on the planet in every geography at one time. At any time in history, there is always starvation. There are always slaughters going on. There are always epidemics. Am I making light of it? No, but none of us can walk in fear and worry, live out our lives in fear and worry about all of it at one time. At some point, we have to entrust these matters to God. And I would say, by the way, that my favorite definition of worry is racing into the future and viewing it apart from the grace of God. You only have grace to live one day at a time. You only have grace to live the life in the skin that you are in in on the ground that you are walking. You can't bear the burdens of the entire world at one time. Should that produce selfishness? No. Care, Be generous, be compassionate, but don't let the latest news stories or all the news stories in the world rob from you uh, what you have to deal with and rob from you the opportunities that are before you. And I want to say one final thing. I've mentioned history, number one. Number two, I've mentioned too much news. Number three, I've mentioned that we've allowed ourselves to become far too fragile, uh, feeling influ- feeling threatened by everything on the planet. Number four, I've, I've said that we've made fear and worry almost an international addiction. But number five is this you will know that I always conduct myself in this podcast as a Christian. I am a Christian. I do believe in the fall by saying that most people, and certainly those of you who are listening to this podcast are living in the best circumstances, uh, almost in all of history, certainly better than 97, 98% of people who have ever lived is not to say that we don't live in a fallen world. I'm a Christian. I believe in sin. Uh, I believe that sin pervades uh, humankind and we are definitely living in a fallen world. There are threats that did not exist just a generation or so ago go. Um, Yes, I'm sitting in Nashville, Tennessee today. Yes, I'm going to go to a a shopping area called Cool Springs. It's quite possible that some young man could be self-radicalized from watching ISIS videos and suddenly start shooting up uh, the the shopping strip that I'll be uh, walking in or shooting up the restaurant where I'll have lunch. I'm aware of that. I'm aware that that's what sin produces. I'm aware that that's that's a threat I need to be prepared for. I'm not saying the world's perfect. I'm not saying the world is ideal, but I am saying that the new grandchild who has come into the Mansfield family has uh, the opportunities to accomplish things that no one else in history really had, uh, very few in history, have had the opportunity to fulfill. They are likely to be safer, better cared for, wealthier, better resourced, better educated than perhaps 98 to 99% of the people into the world. Let's not let our own fragility, fear, and worry rob us of the joy of life, the joy of connecting with God, and the joy of living an effective life in this world. We're, coming, we're becoming retreatist. We're becoming fearful. We're hiding away and cocooning in our homes, fearful of the outer world, when in fact, there is certainly no more uh, violence and destruction and death and uh, horrible things out there than there have been in history. And in fact, there are a lot less. And this is an opportunity when great things can happen. Remember this, fortune favors the bold. And this is a generation of opportunity. Be aware of the threat. Be aware that mankind has fallen. But do not fall into the trap of believing that somehow living right now in 2016 is a curse. It's not. It's a blessing from the living God. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds.